Hi, I'm Mark Schroeder and welcome to my podcast. I'm a Christian who's convinced that the Bible is true and actually is the best way to get to know God, the one who has saved us in Jesus. This podcast is a collection of Bible bits and pieces, Bible talks that I've given in all kinds of contexts. You see, I'm an ordained Anglican minister working in Sydney, Australia as a college chaplain. My main role is to teach the Bible in a Peter 12 Anglican school. But also from time to time, I preach in church, I speak at youth groups, or I teach the Bible at other youth events. I hope that this podcast is a great way of you getting to know God a little bit better and helping you to figure out what it means to live for Him because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. Uh, Here comes another chapel talk uh, from Colossians. Uh, This one's from Colossians chapter 4, from verse 2 to 6. And these are some of the last words that Paul writes to the church in Colossae. Uh, And before he gives a massive sign-off, sending a whole bunch of greetings from all the different people that are with him, uh, he just says uh, two really simple things to the Colossians. Uh, Number one, he wants them to devote themselves to prayer. Uh, And number two, he wants them to be wise. Uh, The challenge here for us also is that we would be devoted to prayer, that we would be watchful and thankful, and we would pray for the message of the gospel as it goes out to the world, uh, but also that we would be wise in the way that we live, uh, wise towards outsiders, that we would buy up time and make the most of every opportunity, and of course that we would be flavoured by Jesus. Uh, Thanks for listening, and uh, just thanks for listening as well to this whole series on Colossians. I hope this has been a great encouragement to you. Uh, we're going to look at a last part in the last chapter of Colossians, okay? Uh, last part of the last chapter of Colossians, chapter 4 today. Uh, but I want you to think about this phrase, what now? What now? You ask that question, what now, when you come to the end of something, don't you? Or maybe even when you come to begin something, you ask the question, what now? For me, here's three things that come to my mind as I think of the phrase, what now? Uh, the Mighty Giants logo, you can see that at the top. Um, last year, a friend of mine was talking to me about footy and I'm like, yeah, man, I, I like footy. Uh, I'm keen to get into footy with you. Uh, and so I'm like, all right, I'm going to start to follow the GWS Giants. But then what now, right? What now? Well, clearly I need to go to a game. I need to go out and buy maybe some merch. And so I bought a scarf and a beanie and a cap uh, and I follow along. I even installed the app on my phone, which tells me when they're playing, tells me who they're playing, tells me where they're coming on the ladder. The what now is I've got to start following them now, don't I? There's things that I do now that I've decided to follow the mighty giants. Over on the right-hand side on the screen, you can see that there's a, a to-do list there. Some, not my to-do list, but somebody else's to-do list just off Google. Uh, who likes to write to-do lists? Okay, I like to write to-do lists in my, in my notebook. As I start a new term, I sit down and I write to-do lists. I remember when I got the job here at Broughton and I was going to be the brand new chaplain here at Broughton, I was like, I got the job, but what now? And somebody just said, all you need to do is just write a list and start working your way through the list. And he was right, you know. I write my list and it helps me to know, here's what I need to do next. Here's how I progress forward now that I have got this new job from my to-do list. The other list that's there, you see it down there on the bottom left, it says newborn baby routine. You guys haven't had babies, but hand up if you've got a baby in your house. Has anyone got like a baby in their house? 
All right. So I remember when I first had my first baby, my wife and I had our first baby and, and we we're like, all right, we got this baby and we took him home and then we we're like, what now? What do we do with this kid? Like he's come and he's here and, and what do we do? And, and so then we were just told, well, you just, when he's awake, you feed him, you play with him. And when he gets tired, you put him to bed. And then when he wakes up, you feed him, you play with him, you put him back to bed. And when he wakes up, guess what? You feed him, you play with him, you put him back to bed. And then when he wakes up, guess what? You feed him, you play with him, and you put him back to bed. Thank you. Right? Uh, so it was just a what now? This is what you do next. We've been learning about Colossians. And in Colossians, we have seen that the big idea is this verse here in Colossians 2, 6 and 7. It says, Therefore, as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and abounding with thanksgiving. We've spoken about the fact that if we're in Jesus, then it ought to affect the way that we live today. It ought to start to shape our identity and who we are. Well, the guy who's writing this, do you remember what is his name? What's his name? His name is Paul and he's writing to Colossae. He continues on now and he finishes by telling them what to do now. He outlays for them a way forward. And he says this. Can you see it in the red? Can you see what the way forward is? He says in chapter 4, verse 2 to 6, Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. I wonder, hand up if you pray. Some of us pray. Hand up if you pray like more than once a day. Hand up if you just pray maybe once a month. Hand up if you pray from time to time, like you don't really know, but every now and again you're like, oh, I suppose I might pray about this, or you just find yourself praying. There's a couple of hands going up. That's okay too. How about if you just never pray? That's okay too. Praying is something that Christians do. Praying is something that God's people do because they know that they belong to God because of Jesus. They have received Jesus Christ as Lord. And so because of that, part of that is that they rely on God and they take things to him in prayer. So like just a conversation. That's all it is. A conversation with the creator of the universe. It's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? Now, Paul says to the Colossians here in chapter, in, in chapter 4, he says, devote yourself to prayer. This is not just a lazy prayer, is it? This is devotion. This is serious. This is the real deal when it comes to prayer. Let's not be lazy in prayer, he says to them. Be devoted to it as God's people and pray. And he says that as they pray, they need to be what? Can you see what does it say at the end of verse 2? They need to be watchful and thankful. You see, they need to watch and, be, and, and give thanks, but they've got to watch for the way that God has saved them through Jesus. They've got to keep an eye out for what has happened in them through Jesus when he died for them, when he reconciled them, when he made peace for them, when he gave them great new hope of heaven in a new creation. They need to be watchful to that. They need to be awake and not sleepy to it but they need to take it seriously and let it direct their prayers. But see what else Paul says that they need to pray for in verse 3? Paul says, will you pray for us? Paul, who is writing this letter, is actually in prison as he writes this letter. 
And he's writing this letter because he proclaimed Jesus and some people didn't like that. Could you imagine getting locked up in prison just because you said things about Jesus? That's happened to Paul. He's in prison. He's locked up with some other guys as well. And he says, so pray for us. But what does he pray, ask them to pray for? Does he pray that the doors of their jail cell might be flung open and they might be set free? No, he prays that the door of their message would be opened. So they ask that God would open the door for their message so that they can proclaim the mystery of Christ. The third thing he says as well is in verse four. Can you see it there? Look at the screen, everybody. Paul says, pray that I, Paul, may proclaim the mystery of Christ clearly. See, Paul wants the message of Jesus to go out and he wants it to be proclaimed with clarity so that people can understand it. You see, we pray from time to time. You guys put your hand up before and he said, yeah, I pray from time to time. But Paul says, if you belong to Jesus, don't pray from time to time, but be devoted to prayer. Be watchful and be thankful in your prayers. But it's interesting about what we pray for. I remember when I was a student here and I would pray for certain things when I was a student. I remember praying just before I would have to do an exam or a test. The test would be put down on my table, my pen's on my desk. I'm not allowed to touch the paper yet. And while the paper's on my desk, I'm praying, dear Lord, help me to do well in this test. I know that I didn't study that much, but please help me. I really need to do well. Otherwise, mum's going to kill me. Who's ever been there before? Yeah, look at the hands go up, far out. I remember also praying on Athletics Carnival Day and going, dear Lord, I really want to win today. Please help me. Or before a game of footy in sport day, dear God, please protect me. But better than that, please help us to win and please help me score. Who's ever prayed like that before? I remember also praying before my birthday as a child saying, dear God, I really want a Nintendo Game Boy. Please give me a Nintendo Game Boy. I really, really want one. Who's ever prayed for stuff before? We always pray for stuff. But the thing is, Paul doesn't say pray for those sorts of things here, does he? He prays, he says, devote yourself to prayer that you'll be watchful and thankful for the salvation that we have in Jesus. But pray also for the message that's going out about Jesus, that there will be a way for it and that it will be proclaimed clearly. That's the first thing that Paul says that they need to do next. What now, he says? And Paul says, devote yourself to prayer. But the second thing he says is, he says, be wise in the way that you act. Can you see it there in verse 5? I've got it highlighted there in green text. He says, be wise. He says, be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Who is the outsider here? It's talking about those people who don't yet belong to Jesus. Those people who don't yet know Jesus. If you're a Christian, Paul's saying to you, live in a way that you're living carefully towards people who don't yet know Jesus. We want to be winsome is the sort of a way that we can think about this. Or we want to live towards other people, not getting them offside, but we want to win them onside in the way that we live with others. The other thing he says here is make the most of every opportunity. Imagine for a moment if you could buy up time. If you could say, I've got some money, I'm going to spend 20 bucks and I'm going to buy two hours with my $20. Do 
How cool would that be? To be able to buy more time to do things. Maybe you'd buy up time so that you had more time to do an assessment. Maybe you might buy up time so you got more time to sleep when you wake up in the morning and at seven o'clock you're like, oh, I've got to sleep more. Here's my 20 bucks. I'll pay for another two hours of sleep. Wouldn't that be good? Paul says here, we want to buy up time when it comes to being wise in the way that we live with other people around us. We want to be winsome. We want to be wise with other people. And we want to make the most of every opportunity, he says at the end of verse 5. Do you remember last time we were at chapel, we spoke about a whole bunch of different virtues that we can display in our Christian life. Things like compassion and kindness and gentleness and humility and patience. Do you remember talking about those things? I think as we display those things in our lives, so we are buying up every opportunity to show people what it's like to live for Jesus. We are being wise in the way that we act towards one another, towards outsiders. But also, Paul says in verse 6, think about the way that you speak. He says, let your conversation be always full of grace. Have Jesus always on your lips. Don't just be polite with people, but... Speak Jesus to people. Speak Jesus to people. It says there, I like this illustration. He says, Paul wants us to be, Paul wants the Colossians to be seasoned with salt. In the morning, how have you put deodorant on in the morning? I put deodorant on. All the girls put deodorant on. Some of the boys are going, what's deodorant? (laughs) You season yourself with deodorant so that you might smell nice to others around you. But Paul says here, Be seasoned, sprinkled with what? Salt. Salt. Doesn't mean put salt on you in the morning. (laughs) Who likes chicken salt on their chips? I love chicken salt on my chips. And this is what I think of when I think about this. And who likes lots of chicken salt on their chips? Who likes to be able to see the chicken salt on their chips? Who likes to have so much chicken salt on their chips that there's leftover chicken salt in the bottom of the bag so you can scoop your finger through it and lick it off your finger? Yes! You seven... When it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and walking in Him, we need to be seasoned with salt. Make sure that our conversations are full of Jesus, that we are Jesus flavoured is the sort of thought that we need to have there. We want to be Jesus flavoured to the world around us so that as people get a taste of us, They get a taste of who? Of Jesus. You seven, to the Colossians, Paul says, receive Jesus because he is supreme. Do you remember learning about supreme Jesus at the beginning of the year? Jesus is the one who made all things, who saves all things. Jesus is supreme. To the Colossians, Paul has said, walk in Jesus. Make your identity wrapped up in who Jesus is because Jesus is a thing that is going to last forever. To the Colossians, Paul has said, get your old self and get rid of it and put on your new self. Make sure your old self is dead and your new self in Jesus is alive. And then as those who are living with Jesus now, he says, pray and be wise. That's what we've looked at just then. Pray and be wise. And the thing is, it's the same for you. 
I hope that as you've read Colossians this semester, that you've thought closely and carefully about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. I want to encourage you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord. Remember that Jesus is supreme. And so like our key verse from chapter two says, walk in Jesus. Make your identity wrapped up in who Jesus is and what he has done for you. And then make sure your old self is dead and your new self is alive. Live out your faith in Jesus. Walk in Jesus. And as you do that, be devoted to prayer. Seriously, call on God and ask him for help, but pray that the message of Jesus would go out to the world. And then be wise in the way that you live towards one another. Be winsome, buy up time and be seasoned with salt. seven, let's pray as we begin our day together. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I hope that was an encouraging opportunity for you to learn something more from God's Word about how He has loved us and how He has saved us and who He calls us to be in Jesus. Feel free to get in contact with me via Twitter at MRK underscore Schroeder.